As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, hey, it's good to see you today. We've been in our series, DTR, to find the relationship. As I told you at the beginning of the series, that's if you're a teenager and someone sends, sends you a text saying we need to have a DTR, that means you're about to have a conversation about getting, well, in the friend zone. And so it's kind of, but to find the relationship is kind of a, a text shorthand. And, but for us, we've been using it to kind of walk through the last few weeks. Uh, Pastor Ron had the idea of doing the series. I loved it because it helps us to kind of talk about what it looks like in a, uh, as we're still in the pandemic, but as we're hopefully looking towards the end of the pandemic, what does that mean for us? And so DTR has been our series, Define the Relationship. And I'm finishing up the series with DTR, just calling it Relationships, right? I wanna talk about relationships in general, and I wanna share with you some of the Word of God, and then also some, I think, practical uh, application of the Word of God today. So we're gonna look through, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 is gonna be our text, so Hebrews chapter 10, you can follow along with us. Uh, we're gonna talk about what's been lost, and how to regain it and when it comes to relationships. What's getting lost and how to regain it and, and we'll walk through this together. My name's Ed Stetzer, as you see on the screen. So let's start by talking about what's the elephant in the proverbial room and that is the pandemic. COVID took a lot of things from us. It took away the health of millions. Uh, millions grieve the loss of loved ones. This week we had the 600,000th person who died with COVID. Uh, jobs were lost, we lost personal contact with social, that's in the US by the way, we lost contact with social distancing and masks, we even lost toilet paper for a little while if you remember that. The church, was, the church was impacted as well. We at High Point have been impacted as well. Uh, God, God wired us to know him personally and to be in relationship with others as well. And loneliness has become a serious issue in our modern digital world. So we've got the pandemic that we've been walking through and experiencing all the challenges that are there, but, and, and it's been real, and I recognize that it's been politicized, and I really don't want you to listen to this message through the lens of whatever cable news you're watching. I want you to listen to this message through the lens of the Word of God. I'll give you a little context of that and then share some thoughts from it. But also, we know that there is another pandemic coming. Now, hopefully not one like this, but there's a pandemic of mental health struggles. There's a pandemic of loneliness that people are experiencing and more, and we need to talk about that, and that's part of what this DTR series has been. So here we find ourselves, hopefully, uh, at the end of the tunnel, seeing light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. But let me quote with you some data. There's a new report from Harvard quoting, uh, suggests that 36% of all Americans, including 61%, of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children feel, quoting the study, serious loneliness. Not surprisingly, uh, loneliness appears to have increased substantially during the outbreak of the global pandemic, end quote. So community, I believe, and relationships, I believe, are part of the cure for loneliness. So that's what we wanna walk through today. We can know God because of the work of Jesus, as we read about in Hebrews, and also we're gonna see community. And I want to tell you up front where I'm headed with this message. I think it's time. I think it's time for us to regather and re-strengthen our bonds of relationship and community. It's time to engage in deeper biblical community, tell them to celebrate our Lord together, to encourage one another, to worship together. And yes, time to heed the words of Captain America, Avengers Assemble. And I think... Um, if you've been watching Justice League, you kind of feel drawn over, that's not the right path. Marvel is the path to go. But we aren't, we aren't heroes in a Marvel universe. We're, 
We're people and people are responding differently in different ways. And I want us to look to the word of God and look some application of that today. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, as you know, is, uh, the writer of Hebrews is writing in Hebrews chapter 10, lots of exhortations, three different ones. The last one we come to is actually the one we're gonna look at mainly today. But let's look at the other two just to get a feel for what's going. First, we're gonna look at our main text, which is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another. Now, let me just say, some of you stopped right there. I've seen you on social media and you love to stir up other people. That's not what this passage is about. This is not an exhortation to social media troublemaking. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now that's gonna be our main text today and I'm gonna walk through that and I want you to know that, I mean, I know for some of you hearing the exhortation to gather together may be challenging, but I want you to stay with me and we're gonna walk through this together as well. But our text is actually the third of three exhortations in Hebrews 10, let's look at them. The first calls us to draw near to God, in personal devotion, and uh, maybe you had opportunities to do that during the pandemic. You know, it was a time when a lot of people had uh, more time, not everybody did, but a lot of people had more time, more alone time. You know, we weren't uh, going to theaters, we weren't uh, going to a lot of public spaces, particularly the early part of the pandemic. So you would think that this would give people an opportunity to maybe engage the word of God more. That's what we would be hoping. We do know that uh, watching streaming is way up, but it appears that according to a Barna research, Bible reading went down. So instead of in isolation going, at the beginning of the pandemic in particular, when the research came out, instead of going to the Bible, it appears a lot of people went to binge watch Tiger King. And uh, so that wasn't what I was hoping for, but let's look at what Hebrews Chapter 10, verses 21 and 22 says, and a reminder to us, since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, over the house of God, that's the church, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So, um, so a clear understanding that this is an opportunity and maybe some of the isolation was an opportunity and, and, and people took that opportunity differently, right? So for uh, some people, you exercised a lot during uh, the pandemic. Some of you are shredded now. Shredded is a good thing. I don't know that from personal experience. I Googled that. So, but some of you are shredded now. You've been working out. Uh, most people, that's not been the case. Just so you know, be patient with the rest of us. Most people, my doctor said like 90% of his patients have gained weight during this time. But we all made choices what to do with our time. And some of you are coming out of the pandemic spiritually shredded in the best spiritual shape that you've ever been. And I thank God that you leaned in during some of this time to the Lord and his graciousness and his goodness. But for a lot of us, today could be that reminder to do that today. Today is a good day. Today is a good day to draw near to the Lord. Maybe you've been doing so, today is another good day. So there's a call here to draw near to God in spirit, draw near, let us draw near to God, there's a call and a reminder for us to do that, but that's not all that's there. The second is the call to spiritual consistency. Spiritual consistency, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says this. It says, um, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Hold fast, hold tight to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So there's a call here in Hebrews that I think is applicable for us today. Many followers of Jesus did just this. 
They walked with Jesus without wavering. They drew closer and nearer to him in that relationship, right? So that's, and what a great reminder, just to draw near to the confession, not to waver. Others got distracted, right? Um, you know, maybe you come to church one hour a week, maybe watch and stream it online, and yet it's been 20 hours a week of cable news. You've been discipled by your cable news and it's drawn some division, even in your life, your relationships, and in your church. Uh, some have, because they had more time, went down the rabbit hole of social media, and they've been spiritually shaped by social media. Some caught up in conspiracies, some angry at other people and more, when the reminder is, is that we wanna draw near to the Lord and let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, right? So we don't wanna lose sight in all the other things. All people got all kinds of opinions. We don't lose sight of the gospel and the mission. Today is a good day to renew our confession that our hope is only found in Christ. But our third call is actually the primary focus of our text today. This calls our responsibility to one another. Let's read it again. It's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I love this. Not neglecting to meet together. Yeah, I mean, those are those can be jarring words for some people in 2021, but I'm gonna talk about it. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the some in a loving, concerned way and how we might encourage one another as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So a couple of things, it's not a sin. Um, our elders, I wasn't part of the decision-making process here. Our elders made decisions about how we would pause gathering, how we would gather back. Um, it, it's, it's a good thing that we have listened together, prayed together, worked with our community, and our elders have led us well. Pastor Ron has led us well through this time. Okay, so that's a, that's a good thing. Um, and uh, early on, we were unsure what this was going to be about. There are people saying that, well, maybe this will be a short-term thing, maybe this will be for a while, um, and, and we found out that it wasn't. It was weeks, and then it was months, and then it was, it was a long, difficult journey. So, but let's go back to the beginning. Actually, this is me in my basement in March 2020. There's a reason I wanna explain this to you. Couple of things. Um, uh, we had not yet learned a few things. Um, we had bought this nice fancy backdrop. It says Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. You can see it right under my poorly kept mustache uh, right there. This is a broom handle, which is not what you want in your shot, right? This is an exhaust and uh, this is my radio studio right back here. I did not yet know that you could uh, take slides and show them in Facebook Live. That's, remember, that was a long time ago. Now my dad, my dad is like, my dad was like, now how does this work? What is this drink holder that comes out every time I press a button? Said that, that's a CD holder. And he said, oh, okay, so my dad knows nothing about computers. Some of you are like, you did that too. So now my dad's like zooming. Let's get on Zoom. I'm like, dad, don't, you're kind of creeping me out. And, but my dad, you know, grandfather, you know, he's, he's now a Zoomer. But so we all were not as technologically astute as we were then. So I actually hear, <laughs> so I'm doing this broadcast and I'm in my basement and almost 200,000 people watch this Facebook Live, is I took my computer and I turned it and said, I don't really know how to show you this graph, so just look over here. And this is me showing this. And anyway, I look like Doc from Back to the Future, like saying, look out everybody. But it was called, This Is Not the Crisis. And I tried to explain to pastors and church leaders, which is my primary ministry, I said, because um, I just met with the Surgeon General, uh, 
uh, and the Surgeon General of the United States is no longer there, changed with administration. But I just met with the Surgeon General. We were in, um, I was in Washington, the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. We were, we were partnering with uh, the HHS, Department of Health and Human Services, to help um, the opioid epidemic among rural churches. It's huge, still is a huge issue. So I was there and uh, Surgeon General had just come back from another meeting and it was just, there's three of us, four, four of us and three others and the Surgeon General. And he said, listen, I need you guys to tell everybody and to warn the churches, this is gonna get really bad this week. And so, but the president hadn't shut down anything yet. As a matter of fact, the messaging was pretty unclear at the beginning. But the Surgeon General said, this is gonna be really bad this week. So I came back and I bought all the toilet paper. That's what I did just then. And so, so that's why you couldn't find any. I had it all. And I don't know why. It's not like you go to the bathroom more in a pandemic, but, but people bought all the toilet paper. I didn't buy it all. But, 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 um, so, and just right after that, uh, having met with Surgeon General, I wrote an article called Should Churches Pause Worship Services? And I wanna tell you, I want you, I'm giving this for context. This really matters for what I'm about to say. People got so mad at me because I wrote an article in a secular publication, that churches should maybe consider, depending on the community spread in their neighborhood, to shut down for a while. And wow, I got people so mad at me. You gotta remember, this was like March, right? And so the president was messaging one way, Surgeon General, they weren't always aligned. So Surgeon General just come from that task force and he said, Ed, it's gonna get really bad this week, you gotta warn. So I went and I did this Facebook Live, people got mad at me. The next week, the president shut everything down. You remember that, right? Remember two weeks to stop the spread? Remember two weeks to stop the spread, they said? Now it's two doses, it appears, to stop the spread. But, uh, <laughs> but I said all this on purpose because I want you to see that I'm one who has really intentionally warned early and often and got a lot of people mad at me. Some people even in our church weren't happy. And again, the elders made the decision. I wasn't part of that decision-making process. I gave advice as I could. But I want you to hear this. I think now it's time for us to reemphasize gathering, to build community, to do so following CDC guidelines and mandates. I want you to hear this too. Like I'd say, why didn't just everyone just move on? Well, because some people can't. Some people have health conditions still, underlying health conditions. Some people can't get the vaccine. There's all kinds of things that are gonna keep people. They're here right now, people wearing masks in our church. And some of you, I want you to hear this, some of you, because you've watched too much cable news, are looking and saying, well, you don't need to be doing that, it's time, but, we, but this is all nothing. No, you need to be shaped a little less by your cable news and a little more by the spirit of Jesus and some compassion towards others. Now, now all that being said, um, we're here and you're here. We're trusting you and we're working together following CDC guidelines. And as a guy who warned early on, I still remember talking to Scott Visk. Scott Visk runs all the technology, well, facilities here and more. I remember talking to Scott and we were talking to Steve and I think Ron was in the conversation. And they were like, yeah, well, we might take a few weeks to maybe, maybe we'll be gathered back together by Easter. And I was like, not this Easter, but yes, there'll be an Easter that we'll gather together. And you know, Moody Church, where I served as the interim, they didn't have a service from shutdown until this Easter. Chicago's a little different rule-wise. But here's what I'm saying to you. I'm only telling you this because I do believe it is time for us to people come together for us to acknowledge. I want you not to miss this, right? Right um, Right now, I know it feels like this feels fuller than normal, right? Um, but you know, 60% of our church has returned on a given Sunday. We're at 60%. Now that means 40% is gone, but it actually doesn't. It's far more than 40%. How can that be? Ed, math is hard, but stay with me. But we have hundreds of people 
who are currently disconnected from church life that in January 2020 were part of our family, and that's what I wanna talk about today. Because that might be you, but it's certainly people you know, and this passage addresses both you and people you know. Today, here's our situation. Vaccines are widely available, number of cases are dropping significantly. It's time for the church to rise up, gather together, sing the praises of God, proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, um, I'm gonna walk through three things to help us understand that. Number one, just looking at the biblical text. Number one, we stir up the things that are good. Hebrews 10, 24 says this. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Where it's literally stir, stimulate or stir up towards something. Towards what? Towards love and good works. Now, there's, there's actually over 30 times in the New Testament that the phrase one another is used. Now, I want you not to miss this. There are 30 times in the New Testament that the phrase one another is used. Now, that includes those of you who are right now watching online. I want to talk to you for just a moment and stay with me, but it includes all of us in the room. We need to encourage one another. People have been isolated. People have been lonely. People, we're in a pandemic of mental health stress. Uh, we're in a pandemic of loneliness, right? The one another's of scripture are before us. Let's look at a few of them, right? John 13, 34, love one another. Psalm, excuse me, Romans 12, 10, outdo one another in showing honor. Serve one another, Galatians. Be kind to one. By the way, so many of you, let me just say, under serve one another, High Point Cares has been, it's, 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 it's a name of a ministry, and it's on the name of an outside of a truck that we've all seen, but High Point Cares has become a sentence in 2020 and 21. High Point Cares and we do, and we have, and we've shown that. And so many of you have served one another in this difficult time. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. This has not been helped by our current cultural division, but here we are. Verse 25 reminds us that not neglect meet together as, as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Now, let me talk about uh, uh, something that relates to this, right? Um, in the midst of the pandemic, we have seen that a lot of people have felt isolated. Maybe you have as well. I mean, I certainly have as well, too. I remember when shutdown came. Uh, it was March, and the first two weeks, and my daughter uh, is a college student, and the college students didn't come back. She lives in her own apartment in town. And um, my wife, Donna, and my two other daughters, who are high school students, all came home. And about two weeks, and then it was about, we were getting the end of the two weeks, and President came on the television and said, um, we're gonna, keep the shutdown in place for another month, you remember that. And um, I, I, you know, you're trying to, what do you do, right? So I'm trying to encourage Donna. Donna's an introvert, I'm an extrovert, you probably tell. Um, and so, so I said to Donna, jokingly, I was like, you know, here we are, we're gonna be shut down for another month. I said, uh, you can see we're, a little, we're still a little bit like high anxiety, we all felt that. I said, well, is this like a good thing for you as an introvert? Like we're all just gonna get to stay home and kind of be by ourselves for a month? And she said, so are you gonna be here the whole time? So, and again, kidding, but still, I got the message. Um, yes, but I'm gonna give you space, I promise. Um, so, so here's the thing, right? All this happened, but I want you not to miss something, right? Um, because so many of us did experience that isolation. But I was isolated, now my daughter lived in her apartment and there were questions early on whether she should be going back and forth. But I was isolated with Donna and my two daughters, which had its own set of challenges. But I don't want you to forget that in the life of our church, in, in America today, the majority of adults are unmarried. And those people felt a specific and accelerated and heightened challenge 
because many of them were now isolated from friends and community and more. And as we've gone through this DTR series, I want you to know to the single people, single women and men in our church, that we see you and we recognize that there has been an additional challenge placed upon you. And I wanna speak to all of the families of our church, singles, uh, nuclear family, extended family, whoever it may be, is that the church is a family. And one of the things we need to do together as a family is to come together, and that means not excluding our single parts of our family as well. And I want you to know, because I've, I've talked to some folks on this journey, and they said to me, this was one of the hardest years of my life. You got to go home to your family. I got to go home by myself. And... So the family here, the New Testament idea of family, Galatians 6, 2 tells us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the love of Christ. If I could just put a nudge at the end of our DTR series, the single members of our family, that is High Point Church, need you to acknowledge their family status and bring them into community at a deeper level with you. I want you to miss that, that's really important. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, we read the words of the preacher in Ecclesiastes. It says this, two are better than one because they have reward for their toil. It's not talking about marriage. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and not another to lift him up. And that's been a lot of people's situation for 2020 and 2021. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. Now I recognize that seems a little more intimate than we're accustomed to today. But if you served in the military, you know this is part of the training when you're out in the field, right? You keep warm with one another. It says, but how can one keep warm alone? Goes on to say, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So to all of us, let's acknowledge, engage, and involve the single parts of our church that is called, our family that's called High Pine. Now for those who are single, I wanna invite you to say, put that hand up and say, I wanna be engaged and involved that way as well. Now again, we see this throughout the Bible, that people don't do things alone particularly often. Right, we see this in Moses and Aaron. We see this in Elijah and Elisha. We see this in Jesus, the 12, the inner three, Mary and Martha as well. We see this kind of relational connection that matters so much. So ours is a personal faith, but not an isolated faith. God created us to need him vertically and need each other horizontally. And that's a key thing for us ultimately to remember. Let me go on to number two in our outline for the sake of time. Number two, number two, we get up to gather together. We get up to gather together. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Now let's look at this in two parts, right? Part of it is an exhortation to not neglect the habit of meeting together. So I wanna to talk to you those of you watching at home online, which is a substantial percentage of our church. And I want you to hear this, that I want you to pray about and I recognize that people are responding in different ways. I recognize that it's kind of jarring when you've been away from people for a long time. And I recognize that people in Illinois are responding differently. I was in Texas recently speaking, and you know, we're at 60% regathering in most of the northern states of Texas. They're like fully regathered. They're hugging, they're kissing each other on the lips, and I'm just not ready for that. I'll tell you that right now. But for those of you at home, I want you to consider how you might safely, following CDC guidelines appropriate for your medical situation, but step back into the pattern of gathering with God's people. I think it's important for you and it's important for us. Now there are places you could come, you could sit, if you wanna sit seats away from people, there are places to do that. Because remember, we're at 60% of where we were in January 2020. So I wanna encourage you to hear the first part of that and say how could we gather 
together safely and carefully. You know, you might say, well, I'm doing that online. And yes, you are. But I think one of the things you learned, we've all learned, is it's not fully the same. We can't do it alone by electrons and avatars. We need to do it by feet and faces. Now, that's community that we need one another. Now, again, I want you to hear this. I'm not leaving anyone behind. I'm not here to shame anybody. I'm here to say, could there be a time because the CDC says now we can do these things and gives us guidelines to do these things. You say, well, I don't care what the CDC says. Well, I do. And so you might, that's fine. You might not. And people who are watching might care. So we're doing those things, and I want to encourage you to consider what it means to not neglect the meeting together. Now, let's put that verse back up here for just a second. Not neglecting the habit, and, and then as is the habit of some. Now, I want to talk about some for just a second, because people can perceive that in a way that is negative. Like, I've had people all the time come to me and say, Pastor, some people are saying. First of all, you don't want to say that to me because it doesn't end well. Because I will say, is that what you're saying? And it's almost always, well, yes. And so who else? Well, it's me and the mouse in my pocket, right? So that's us. Some people are saying. Well, no, listen, um, if some people are saying, come to me. But let me also say that um, this is not a judgmental some people. This is a caring concern from the writer of Hebrews that says some are in the habit. And let me explain what's going on. Because... My math may seem a little strange to you that I've said that we have, we're at 60% of where we were in January, and yet hundreds of people are gone. Let me explain why. We've been doing some research at the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center Research Institute, and here's what we're finding. And I'm actually doing this presentation, a lot of churches, a lot of denominational leaders. If you take the church and put it into thirds, now I recognize some of you just like to sit in the back row, but I'm just doing this as a word picture, but a third of the church, the front rows of the church, have actually gotten more engaged and more involved in 2021. And let me just say, I see you, and I'm super thankful for you. We're super thankful for you. Um, the front thirds have given more and served more than they did in 2020, and thank you. And that's one of the reasons that High Point has done well walking through, serving others, showing and sharing the love of Jesus during the pandemic. The middle two-thirds of the church has kind of stayed steady, a little unsure, maybe struggled, maybe got caught up in some of the division in the, in the world and, and saw, you know, we got upset about something, this or that. So, so the middle two-thirds of the church has um, stayed engaged and involved. And let me just say, I think it's time for that middle two-thirds to step up. We need more people to serve, more people to be engaged. Thank you for some that are. We need more in that middle two-thirds. But the back third of the church Back rows of the church, and typically some of the balconies, could see some people up in the balcony. And again, particularly too, the great area too, where if you want to spend a, have a little more time to spread out. But if you're in the balcony, in normal times, the balcony and the back rows are where people who are sort of unsure about their church, they come in late, they kind of maybe, they, the music's too long for them, and they come and they sit in the back and they try to leave right away. Um, those people were loosely connected. What I want you to hear is, what we're seeing in our data is that the back third of the church has almost overwhelmingly disconnected from church life. So the reason we're at 60% of where we are now is not because those of you who are super engaged and involved stop being super engaged and involved. And this is why it's hundreds, not dozens. You might say it could be you know, 100, 100 plus. No, it's hundreds. Here's why. Because the typical back third of a church, the people come once a month or once every two months. So it's hundreds of people who are loosely connected to our church. I don't want you to miss this who are now mostly, if not completely, disconnected from our church. Some of them were considering Christ and the gospel. Some of them were unsure. Some of them have been hurt at another church and were kind of considering. Some of them were struggling with other ways. And so the back third of the church, so here's the thing. When we look at this passage, it says, forsake not. Let's put the passage here. It is not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Listen, the habit has changed in 2021. The habit has changed in 2020. And so your job, this sentence is one sentence, not neglecting 
to meet together, as is the habit of some. What was before that? Encouraging one another. There's a lot of people in the habit now who have disengaged in the life of our church, and we need you to join us in encouraging them to come back. Now, this is from the guy who some of you in this room got mad at because early and often I said, this is gonna be the biggest global crisis in our lifetime and they're gonna shut down churches and schools for months. Now, Genesis 2, 18 said this, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now it's interesting because the first part of the sentence, the clause here, true. Second part of the sentence is related to Eve, Adam and Eve. Um, But this is true and this was one solution But we need one another in multiple layers of relationship in 2021. 2018, remember 2018 seems like 10 years ago. I call it the before time. In the before time, the prime minister of the UK was a woman named Theresa May. Um, And she lost the election and anyway, changed to another prime minister. But um, she launched an effort to combat the issue of loneliness. She called it one of the great health challenges of our time. Her words, great health challenges of our time. Uh, Quote, she called it the sad reality of modern life, unquote. And we can be sure, boy, it's still an issue today. So in 2018, they did a survey of 55,000 people in over 200 countries and found that loneliness affected 40% of young adults, 27% of those older 75, and their rates were highest in countries that prized individualism and success like the United States. Don't want you to miss this. This was before the pandemic. Sisters and brothers, we have to come together. Number three in our outline. We speak up to encourage one another. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you not just to bemoan this fact. Now here's the deal, again, for those of you listening through the lenses of your cable news, like, well, I would've done this, I would've done this, great, great. Okay, great, people had different opinions and different ideas and different views. I had some, you had some, it's all great. But can we agree together that right now we need to look to the word of God to the solution? And it says, we speak up to encourage one another. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, the second part says, encouraging one another, who, some of the some? who are in the habit of not coming, some who are coming, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We want to encourage one another to pursue Christ and to do so in community. Now, what's not to miss this? A couple things that are key, right? First of all, the word day is capitalized and there's a reason and I really want to get into explaining the day and the day of Jesus Christ and I just don't have all the time to do that. But here's the time I do have something to talk about. You can be an encourager right now, encourage one another. You know what it takes to be an encourager? Not a lot, let me explain. Aren't you thankful for the amazing worship team we have? I mean, they lead us in worship, they do such a great job. Yeah, 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 amazing, amazing. Talented, gifted people, and some of you don't have those talents or gifts. I don't, right? But they encourage us, right? And maybe, you know, you've heard our pastors teach and preach, we have some gifted communicators, and they're encouraging you, thank God for them. But you know what it takes to be an encourager? None of that. Here's what it takes to be an encourager. You encourage people. You don't have to be a singer, you don't have to be a speaker, you don't have to be eloquent, articulate. What you have to do is to choose to encourage people. And it says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I wanna ask you in joining with us, and we have a season of encouragement in the words, in the midst of a time when the world is divided, some of that division can seep into the church, people can get mad, people can get upset. But what if for the next month, you would intentionally speak a word of encouragement to at least one person each day, not expecting anything in return, but speak up to bless. It could impact the hundreds of people who have disengaged in our church. I really wanna ask you to consider, at the end of the service, you looking around and saying, who's not here? And reaching out and encouraging them. 
Okay, they may, may make different decisions at different timing. We're going to honor that. But you could send a text to encourage. You could write a personal note. I wrote some thank you notes this week on handwritten paper, folded them in a thing called an envelope, and licked a thing called a stamp. To be fair, I didn't lick it. I actually peeled it off and stuck it on there. You know, give someone a call who's blessed you, encourage them in return. Look around and say, who's missing and how do you encourage them in this time? Meet someone for a meal or coffee and tell them the words of encouragement. Listen, I want you to hear this. People are out. People are getting out. I live in Wheaton. So we have, uh, there's a famous artist, uh, Frida, and so everyone's having Frida Festival. So Thursday night, Don and I walked downtown. It was the Margarita Festival, a Margarita Crawl. So we joined in the crowds. We didn't join the crawl. We joined the crowds. I'm Baptist, so I don't drink in front of other people. Um, <laughs> Or at all, don't send me letters. So, 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 um, so, so, but everyone was out, right? We're going to the movies. The Stetzers are going to a movie theater tonight, and it's almost sold out. We're going to see a quiet place too. Don't tell us how it ends. I think everyone dies. <laughs> but what cheery way to end the pandemic than going there, you know? So, but here's the thing: all around us, people are gathering. You can go out of a way to encourage them. Let me encourage you. Encourage your servers who are still wearing masks and more. Uh, your, your Uber driver, your bank teller, someone else. First Thessalonians 5.14 is real helpful for us here, right? It says, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Now listen, I don't know. Again, this is where it gets challenging because so many listen through the lens of their cable news stuff. Maybe you think, well, these people are just faint-hearted. They're just weak, okay? You don't have to say that to them. You could just encourage them. Well, I got a different opinion how this should be done. Okay, great, then we are the weak. So what if we just said, let's be encouraging? Listen, this has been a year of a pandemic that has traumatized a lot of people. And I get it. And, I'll, and when 40% on a given Sunday of people aren't here, that means that hundreds, majority of our church attendees are not here. You say, again, your math seems hard, but remember, the back three rows come occasionally and infrequently. And here's what I want you to hear. We need one another. Those of you watching online, if that's where you need to be right now, I'm for you. But I want to encourage you to also join with God's people. We've got particular places like in the balcony where you can be more distant from others as well. But this is a habit you and I need to get back into. And for those of you who are here and maybe you're regular attending, we need to strengthen and bolster our commitment to one another. It matters that we might do this together. And some might say, well, I'll do it when the pandemic is over. Let me give you a little quiz, okay? So everyone's heard about the Spanish flu this year because the Spanish flu was what everyone was afraid this was gonna be and it didn't come out anywhere close to the level of the death of the Spanish flu. Uh, but everyone probably's heard about it. Shout out the year that the Spanish flu ended, if you know it. What is it? 1920, okay, 1920 is what I heard, and April 1920 uh, is what most people say. And it's not wrong because the pandemic ended then, but let me tell you when the Spanish flu ended. In 1957, the Spanish flu stayed. And sisters and brothers, I need you to hear this. COVID-19 is staying. It's not going away. Uh, we, we probably had some opportunities for it to go away, but because of some of the actions, we, we actually, it's not going to go. It's going to stay in the system like the Spanish flu did. In 1957, another flu bumped Spanish flu out of the system, and now it's gone. But what we're finding, COVID's going to move from a pandemic phase to still being around. And what I want you to hear, why the reason I tell you this is, is that we're going to have to live and engage again in relationship, in community, and we can't wait for this to go away. We, we are careful, we're following CDC guidelines here. Some people get mad because we do that. I want you not to miss that. 
but we're asking you to follow those guidelines, but we're also asking you to hear the words of scripture. This is from the guy who stood up and said, this is not the crisis that you have to scream. This is good stream. This is gonna be the greatest global crisis of our lifetime. And I wanna also be the one to say to you, it is time for us to people come together. Well, I texted Steve and said, when can I get involved in a small group? And my daughter and I wanna get involved in a small group. And right now it's summertime, so it's hard because we, we, we kind of relaunch them in the fall and summertime's a little bit of a lull. What I wanna say is let's not make it a lull in community. We need one another. And we have to engage in that community. As the day draws near, as the coming of Jesus draws near, there's reason to encourage one another and there's reason to gather together. So let me close with this. If you're a follower of Jesus, I'm asking you not just to say, yeah, I wish people would come together. I'm asking you to do that when you're ready and in a health appropriate way. There's place and space to do that. If you wanna still be isolated from people, we got opportunities to do that as well, different parts of the church. Number two, hundreds of people that were part of our church family are disconnected and disengaged. And I'm asking you to join me and let's go get them. Let's reach out and reach back together. You say, Ed, I didn't know that. Well, no, no, it's, it's where it's 60%. And that means hundreds of people are disconnected and disengaged in church life. Would you be a part of encouraging and engaging them? Just as it says, as is the habit of some, let's go find the some. And some are, have different opinions on different things and that's always a reality, but here's what we have in common. We need one another to face the next phase of the challenge we've been in, which is loneliness and mental health struggles and more. So I want you to ask you to pray with me. Pray that yourself, that you might say, I'm gonna be that person who builds a deeper biblical relationship and community with God's people in the weeks, months, and years to come. And then pray how you might be a part of helping us to assemble again, to regather in different ways and contexts, from small groups to gatherings to serving others. We need lots of people to serve too. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that um, we can talk about things like this in a way we maybe didn't have the opportunity to do six months ago. Father, we, we, we grieve with those who've grieved. Many have lost jobs, relationships, division has struck in families. Father, help us to hear the words of the writer of Hebrews and to indeed encourage one another. Not to forsake the gathering together, take those steps that may be hard for some of us, because it's still a little jarring. But Lord, help us together to make those steps. For those who it's not hard for, those who, oh, whatever. Those who have different opinions, Lord, I pray that their opinions would not overshadow their love and grace towards people who have different opinions that need encouragement right now. Father, I pray that we would not neglect to meet together and we'd also care about the habit of some. Just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe that's you. Can I just ask you, if you're here right now, thank God for you. I'm thankful for you. Can you just commit to the Lord and say, I'm going to be a part of regathering as a commitment myself and in regathering others by encouraging them? That's your heart and your distance. Say, Lord, help me to make that commitment and to encourage others. And for those of you watching online, let me say too, love you, deeply care, thankful for you. Pray about what it might be time to gather, knowing that there's space so we can still be isolated in this place, knowing that we're following, we're asking you to follow and asking everyone to follow CDC guidelines. Is it time for you to regather, to regain the lost community that we have indeed felt, felt the loss? 
Father, I pray that as a church, we'd reach out to those and continue to minister to those who maybe because of health condition or inability to get vaccinated, whatever it may be, that they need to know we still love them and we embrace them. Father, I pray that you would remind us that our single members of this High Point family have been disproportionately impacted in 2020 and 2021. Father, help us have a heart of compassion. Help us to remember the words of the writer of Hebrews, to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Lord Jesus, help us as people to come together. That's our prayer, Lord, that we might come together in a deeper relationship and you might be glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus and ask that his name might be honored here as we indeed seek to come together to encourage one another for your name and your fame. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.